You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Live from Hampton Roads in the heart of overtime. So long as it doesn't end in a tie. 46-yard field goal to tie. And it's no good. Not even close. Wide right. This is the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We're going acapella coming out of the break. We don't need music. Is it possible? This is the question we're going to start with. Is it possible that Patrick Mahomes is already the second best quarterback to ever live? 757-687-9494. That is a question that is legitimately being discussed. And... I think there's a lot of levels to it. First, let's hear who had the audacity to make the argument first. Harry Douglas of Fitz and Harry. Uh, well, here he is. I think he's only trailing Tom Brady. Just, like, does Peyton Manning not exist? Excuse me. Excuse does Peyton Manning not exist in this conversation anymore? Like you're saying, and, and by the way, Joe, he's, he's Joe not Montana never. Tom, he's not. Joe he's Mon- not trailing Peyton Manning either. Oh my God, Joe Montana never threw an interception in any Super Bowl. Like so, so I'm I'm supposed to sit around the Michael Jordan Lebron debate and say that Michael never lost one, and that's the reason that he's higher. Well, Joe Montana never lost a Super Bowl, never even had a Super Bowl turnover. Let me ask you a question: If you had to do a draft, you're drafting Joe Montana, or you're drafting Patrick Mahomes. Who are you drafting? Well, I mean, I'm probably drafting Patrick Mahomes, but okay. you know, I mean, it's let a di- my case rest. Okay, well, it's a different <laughs> world. It's a different world. Yeah, again. I'm not putting him above Brady, first of all. I'm probably not putting him number two overall. But the argument is not the argument's not as crazy as it seems when you first hear it. When when Harry Douglas says Patrick Mahomes is the second best quarterback to ever play in the NFL. I know exactly what happened to me happens to all of you, and you're probably doing it right now. You're shuffling through quarterbacks in your head going, Montana, Manning, Elway, Marino. How? 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 They played these full careers. How? Think a little harder. It is all subjective, by the way. These are rankings. These are opinions. If, if, if you just say the guy with the most rings is the winner, then we don't have to have conversations ever. Why would we ever debate anything? If you just say the guy with the highest passer rating, then guess what? He's above Brady. If you just say, right, if you just use numbers, it's just numbers. But let me give you some numbers. Ready? Patrick Mahomes has played 26% of the years that Tom Brady has played. He's roughly a fourth of the year, uh, fourth of the the career of Brady at the moment, right? Cuz Brady played 23 seasons. We've had Mahomes play 6, roughly a quarter. He has 27% of the yards of Brady. He has 29.5% of the touchdowns of Brady. 25% of the wins of Brady. 28.5% of the Super Bowls of Brady. 66.6% of the MVPs of Brady. 66.6% of the all pros first team of Brady. Think about that, right? At the very least, at the minimum, at the absolute bare minimum, what you can say is he's on pace to be better than Brady. 
Now, that's a big, like, oh, you have to finish this out, right? It's a big difference between having a six-year elite run and having a 20-year elite run. But he has six years, and one of them he didn't play. If you eliminated that year, and you just went years as starters, all of those percentage go up way more. And that's chasing Brady. And we're not even trying to chase Brady. We're just trying to say he's second to Brady. What about this? Rings matter. MVPs matter. If we just break it down to the most bare minimum, how many years were you the best player in the league and how many years did you have the best team in the league? We're talking team rings. We're talking player MVPs. There are only four quarterbacks in history. History. With multiple Super Bowls and multiple MVPs. With at least two Super Bowl wins and at least two MVPs. The four, Montana, Brady, Manning, Mahomes. And that's Peyton Manning. Sorry, Eli fans. I didn't mean to feel like I I didn't have to. I just wrote Manning, assuming everyone would know, but then I felt like I had to clarify. That's okay. Thank you. Montana, Brady, Peyton Manning, Mahomes. Those are the only three quarterbacks in the history of the world to have two Super Bowls and two MVPs. Wouldn't it be a decent argument that the one that did it the fastest would, would be would be the best took the shortest amount of time and again longevity is a thing and and excellence over time is a thing but Mahomes is on pace to be the greatest to ever do it now at what point in time is enough enough like where is the minimum on longevity I've had this conversation about the Hall of Fame a bunch right like Gail Sayers Terrell Davis like seven years is kind of all you need to make it into the Hall of Fame so why do we knock some guys for not having 15 years what's the minimum how many more years does Mahomes have to play as a pretty good quarterback before we start counting two Super Bowls and two MVPs as enough he can't be as good as Marino he didn't play long enough all right well what's the long enough where's the number at what point in time is his career good enough to be complete even though it's not Troy Aikman played 12 years. Tom Brady Tom Brady played 23. Somehow it's completely okay to compare those two guys, but not enough to compare the guy that has six years, even though he's crammed 15 years of production and accolades into six years. There's a relatively straight-line argument to saying Pat Mahomes is the second-best quarterback to ever live. There's a relatively straight line argument to say he is better than all of those guys that you put on some pedestal just because they played years ago. And do you know what's the craziest part about it? No one else really even on the list other than Aaron Rodgers is still adding. From this point until forever, Tom Brady's not going to add anything to his resume. Unless, of course, he unretires, so maybe he's a bad example. Joe Montana's not adding anything to his resume. Peyton Manning's not adding anything to his resume. Week one of next year, Patrick Mahomes is adding to his resume. And barring injury, week two, week three, week four, everyone's just more yards, more touchdowns, more of everything. And we become more and more of an analytics-based society. So we become more and more inclined to say, well, he actually is the best in passer rating in NFL history, both postseason and regular season. Sometimes I think our, our gut reactions just need to be litigated a bit. 
Because I, I was right there with you. I heard it, and I went, <laughs> second best? He's been in the league, what, six years? And then I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, what if he had done more in those six years than most quarterbacks do in 15? Should we knock him for doing it in six? So if we say that Brady Brady right now is the greatest of all time. I don't think we have to say if we say Okay, we say We, we say it. What will it take? What is the minimum amount of Super Bowl rings that he will have to win in order? Will it ha- does he have to win seven See, in I, order for, for people to say to Patrick Mahomes Brady. is now the greatest? To pass Brady, I think it, I mean, it needs to be something otherworldly. I don't think it necessarily needs to be Super Bowl wins. I'd say he needs to get to at least four or five Super Bowl wins. And for every Super Bowl win that he is less than Brady, he would need to get that many more MVPs than Brady. Okay, so if he's, what, he had five Super Bowls, he would be two less than Brady. If he got two more MVPs than Brady, I'd be going, all right, then yeah, that's, that's pretty close. Because I'm someone that can look at, at a, by the way, and I've said this before, wins and losses are not always the best way to judge a a quarterback. I'm somebody that can look at it and go, well, you know, let's say Andy Reid retires and the Chiefs kind of go, but Mahomes is still playing lights out. You're going to knock, like the defense falls apart. You're going to knock him. If he's averaging 35 points a game, NFL records 40 points a game, but his defense is giving up 58, you're going to be like, oh, he can't be as good as Brady. I don't know if that's fair. That's a wild hypothetical, but my point is there's a there there's context to all of this. If he walks away, like let's say he never wins another Super Bowl, but he wins seven more MVPs. He wins nine MVPs total. Now that would be ridiculous, but if he plays until he's Brady's age and he wins one, you know, every year and a half or every other year, every two and a half years, whatever it is, and he wins six more and he has eight. You're going to try to tell me an eight-time MVP isn't the GOAT? And the craziest part about it is what I just told you is not that ridiculous. Right? He's on pace. He's on pace. Let's go to the text line, which is open. You can call in as well. 757-687-9494. That's 757-687-9494. What do you got? From the 757, it's tough to make the argument because Brady beat Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Brady beat Mahomes in a Super Bowl. Yes, he did. Eli beat Brady twice. Like, again, it's a team thing. Nick Foles beat Brady in a Super Bowl. It's it's that's very frustrating. Um even this, right, uh, from K-Dub. To pass Brady, he would need to to win at least five without losing any more. Why would he have to not lose any more? Brady lost three. Brady's been to seven, lost three. So now Mahomes has to win five and only lose one? Like that I, – I – Brady is the GOAT. I'm not arguing against that, and I wouldn't for a very long time because what he's done has put distance between him and everyone else. But that distance, I think, it's pretty logical. It's filled by Patrick Mahomes. Uh, what else are we getting on the text line? From the 757, so we're just going to hurdle the Mahomes over Joe Montana. Not so fast. No, and, and I mean, that's that's the that's the argument, right? That's the argument. You look at it, and you and you you – can say things like Montana, three MVPs, three Super Bowls. I get it. 
I'm here for it. That's a very logical argument. But also, right? By the way, I just need to clarify this. Eli is the Manning with two Super Bowl MVPs. I wasn't saying Super Bowl MVPs. I was saying two Super Bowls and two MVPs, NFL MVPs, which would is the more individual award. Um, Montana is a good one. There's also an argument that Montana was never statistically the best quarterback in his era, right? There were other quarterbacks that were throwing it more, throwing it more efficiently, throwing for higher volume, throwing. Mahomes right now, the best way I can describe Mahomes is he's kind of both the Montana and the Marino, right? He is breaking records statistically while also winning. Montana was the guy that was doing all the winning. Brady or Marino was the guy that was breaking all the records. Mahomes is doing both. That's where the logical argument comes into play. Tim Donnelly Show, keep the answers coming. Keep the arguments coming. 757-687-9494. It's time for that type of argument, by the way. Uh, and by the way, Jason Fitz, who is Harry Douglas's co-host, scheduled to join the show later this hour, so we'll see if we can get him on the phone. Uh, matter of fact, that's coming up, so stick around right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. You've lifted the weights. Watch the film and worked hard at practice. Now it's the fun part. It's showtime on the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. I love the uh, the back and forth we're getting in the, uh, the text line right now. I, I want to be clear. I'm not arguing Mahomes over Brady. Okay. I'm definitely not arguing Mahomes over Brady. Number two, we can have that conversation. Obviously, this entire conversation was sparked by Harry Douglas. His co-host joins us now on the call-in line. Uh, Jason Fitz, host of Fitz and Harry weekdays 12 to 3, right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Jason, thanks for uh, thanks for joining the show. Before we get into the, the conversation about Mahomes' place in history, I know you're a big Raiders fan. Uh, are you happy or sad to officially have the the break from Derek Carr uh, happening today? I'm kind of torn, honestly, because it, like it's the right thing. Mm-hmm. I think the Raiders' time with Derek Carr had ended, but I still think Derek Carr can be a very successful quarterback. Like at some point, you are chasing Mahomes, and you're not going to catch Mahomes with Derek Carr. You're really not going to catch Mahomes with anybody. But if that's what you're trying to do constantly, then you're going to have to reset the button more often at the quarterback position. I think in the right situation, if Derek Carr goes to a team with a good defense and good weapons around him, I still think he's an upper half of the league quarterback that can win a Super Bowl. Like, I think there's a real Matt Stafford opportunity for Derek Carr with the right team to go in and win. So I wouldn't be surprised if Derek Carr selects a team that's ready to win right now to see him in Super Bowl contention. And at the same time, I can say that that wasn't going to happen with the Raiders, so they had to press the reset button. It's, it's a torn feeling. Does a, a team or two stick out to you that that, that marriage might make sense? Yeah, I think the Jets make a ton of sense, and I know people are going to tell me about his his record in cold weather, and I would say when you never play in cold weather and you don't live in it, it's probably the bigger factor. Like, I moved to Connecticut, my the cold weather hit me harder than it does now when I've lived in Connecticut for a few years, right? So I think that normalizes a little bit. So he would make a ton of sense to me with the Jets. Honestly, if the Patriots decided they wanted to move on from Mac Jones, I think he would make them wildly better. Day one when he walked into the Washington Commanders, and with the weapons that they have on the offensive side of the ball and their pass rush on the defensive side of the ball, I think 
the, the commanders become a division champion candidate uh, the minute they sign him. So, yeah, I think there's three or four teams out there that make a ton of sense. Jason Fitz, host of Fitz and Harry, connecting with us here on the phone lines. You have no idea how how happy and tantalizing you've made a bunch of Commanders fans in our area just just by throwing them into the mix. Uh, on the on the flip side of that, uh, if if you're resetting off and trying to find the the guy or or someone that can at least get close to competing with Mahomes, are you just buying lottery tickets? If you're the Raiders, are are you looking for just crazy upside guys, or, or what do you want them to do at the quarterback position? Yeah, I, I think honestly, you're you're drafting every few years to see if you can hit the lottery. Eight out of the last fifty-six quarterbacks drafted, Mike Tannenbaum called a hit, so it shows you how poor that rate is. Correct, but you know, at some point, you got to look at it and say you're not just chasing Mahomes. You're chasing Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. When you look around the landscape of the AFC, we have never in history seen this many. As a Lamar Jackson, former MVP, mm-hmm. we've never seen this many quarterbacks under the age of twenty-seven that are playing at this level in one conference at one time. So it means some really good quarterbacks flat out aren't going to get a Super Bowl. Some really good coaches are going to lose their job because they can't get their team over the top. Like, that's reality. ESPN.com predicted last month that Justin Herbert would join the $50 million a year club this offseason at the quarterback position. So if Justin Herbert is worth $50 million bucks, and he's not Mahomes either, like, if you're constantly chasing that level of quarterback, Man, you you just you realize you're going to have to constantly reset, see if you can get that guy. So hopefully, you know Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson are the top four quarterbacks in this draft class. I think the latter of the two, Levis and Richardson, both need a ton of development and time. So you know I I don't think there's that answer. I'd feel much better if the Raiders were drafting Caleb Williams today than any <laughs> of those guys, but that's not reality, unfortunately. It's funny just hearing your answer. Lamar Jackson was literally an afterthought, right? You threw out a bunch of AFC elite quarterbacks, and then a couple words later, oh, Lamar Jackson, like literally the a guy that was that was forgotten a little bit. What do you think Todd Munkin from from Georgia brings to a potential connection with with Lamar Jackson now that he is the offensive coordinator with Baltimore? Well, and it's interesting because in Georgia. They certainly were able to win a bunch with a quarterback that is not particularly the most naturally gifted. Like, you know, nobody's calling Stetson Bennett, you know, the guy. He's not Lamar. Uh, But (laughs) you you saw a lot of passing concepts that were very good. You saw the ability to develop a bunch of wide receivers. And, you know, I talked to a couple of people around the league today that have worked with him before, and they all say that, you know, he's incredibly well-regarded. So I think it's a really smart move. But also, if for some reason, I don't, I think it'd be absolutely dumb for the Ravens to move on. But if the Ravens decide to move on, their offensive coordinator certainly knows Bryce Young having coached against him, certainly knows C.J. Stroud having taken him on in the playoffs, certainly knows Will Levis at Kentucky better than most. So they get somebody that knows a lot about incoming quarterbacks, which I do think is an interesting twist to this hire for them. So, uh, but, but realistically, a lot of people keep saying Lamar holds the Ravens' offense back. I think the opposite. I think the Ravens have been holding. Like, let's not forget what, what Lamar Jackson is can thrive in a in a pro style offense i think he, he benefits from this greatly jason fitz that's the voice you hear host of fitz and harry weekdays 12 to 3 right here on priority auto sports radio 94.1 uh jason your co-host uh with with fitz and harry harry douglas put mahomes in, in a very lofty territory among all-time quarterbacks i know that happened yesterday with with the day i'm sure it was kicking around in your brain where do you have mahomes as, as a proper ranked quarterback yeah, like, and I I said to Harry at the time, like, we didn't know he was going to go there, and then he went there, and it's like, man, have you forgotten about <laughs> Joe Montana? Like, and I know Peyton Manning, you know, can be polarizing for some, but my God, watching Peyton Manning work was, is there a more athletically gifted quarterback than Patrick Mahomes? No. Does that make him a better quarterback than Joe Montana? 
that's hard for me, you know. So I think honestly, I, I hear what Harry's saying that if I was playing Madden and I was picking any of these quarterbacks, I would probably take Brady first and Mahomes second. But if I'm playing real football, I got one game to win and I'm taking a guy in their prime. I mean, Montana never even had a turnover in the Super Bowl. Like, find me the bad play by Joe Montana in any game that matters. And we can find seven quarters of bad play in the Super Bowl from Patrick Mahomes. So I think it's just a, you know, I understand the tantalizing aspect of his athleticism, but I would put him somewhere around fifth. But even to be fifth all time right now is wild to say about somebody his age. It's just crazy. And and that's exactly where I was I was going to go. I'm going to go well. You know, if you you can name the guys that feel slighted when you say that Patrick Mahomes is the second best quarterback of all time, uh, that, that's an, an accomplishment in and of itself. Is it is it a fact of just time that that gets him to to mix in with Peyton and Joe in, in your mind, or is there a tangible something that he needs to do to vault up into the that number two spot? Yeah, well, I don't think that there's any tangible, but like. It was a little alarming. I asked Terry, so you're saying if Patrick Mahomes quits today, just like, I don't want to play football anymore. They're right now based on just his body of work. He's second overall, and Harry was adamant on that. And I, I don't know. Like, there's something about seeing four flawless Super Bowls. Every time you see more of a quarterback, you give them the opportunity to prove you wrong on liking them, and that's just the way we live as a society. Like, uh, a year ago, everybody said Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud were can't-miss prospects. Now we're sitting there saying, well, you really got to wait till Caleb Williams. Like, the more we see in a quarterback – the less we like them. We saw four Super Bowls from Montana that were all flawless. So, like, it, it's just hard for me to put anything from Mahomes up against that right now. I, I guess I need to see more perfection from him in Super Bowls. It was undeniable. But that being said, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is in a situation where he can literally dominate the NFL for the next 10 to 15 years. Think about that. Like, at his age, if he wants to play into his early 40s, the way rules have changed, like, there's no reason he can't be Aaron Rodgers, in which case, my God, like as a Raiders fan, I get to watch this twice a year and just just live in this for the next 15 years. This thing. <laughs> Jason Fitz, host of Fitz and Harry. Last one for you here, and it, it's a doozy. Do you think the refs got it right with the holding call on Bradbury? Yeah, uh, that's not even a doozy to me. Uh, a penalty a second in is a penalty with a second remaining. And if we really want to start context, where do we end that? So, like, are we supposed to – the snap doesn't get off at the double zeros. The ref's not supposed to call that because it was late in the game. Or, you know, I don't know, a famous offsides call for the Chiefs late <laughs> in the game that cost them a Super Bowl chance. Like, the ref's supposed to be like, well, it wasn't that offsides. I mean, I don't know. Should we really call that? Like, do we really want to open Pandora's box of not only asking officials to call the games correctly, but also then to turn around and understand context in that situation to what they should call? I don't. Well, I if they could just pull us in real time, I think that would that would help out the situation. Yeah, depending on who they're polling. Cause, mm. you know, uh, as somebody that, that, to be very transparent, I have my money on the Chiefs, but I never root for the Chiefs. So I was win-win. Like, Chiefs lose the Super Bowl, I can rub it in my friends' faces for a decade. Chiefs win the Super Bowl, I, I won some cash. So, you know, it was win-win for me. But the minute I saw the play watching with a bunch of my buddies, the first thing we all said is, yep, that's a hold. Before And, like, I didn't even honestly realize it was controversial until I opened Twitter 20 minutes later. And I was like, well, looks like everybody's yelling about it. To me, it was – it was simple. A penalty is a penalty, unfortunately. Jason, we appreciate appreciate you for, for stopping by. Hopefully we're able to do it again soon. Heck yeah, I can't wait. Thanks so much. Once again, Jason Fitz, host of Fitz and Harry Weekdays, noon to three, right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. It is a Tuesday. That means it is a winners and losers Tuesday right now. 
It's one of your last chances to get your winners and losers into the text line. Or you can call in with your winners and losers. Who's winning and who's losing in the sports world? The phone number, 757-687-9494. That's for call-ins as well as the Dream Lawns text line, 757-687-9494. Winners and losers coming up. On this show, we like to point out the good. That's good. The bad. Oh, that's bad. And the ugly. I'm certainly grateful to be ugly. It's time to pick the winners and losers. Winners win and losers lose. On the Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, winners and losers. Get them in right now. 757-687-9494. That's 757-687-9494. Nine four. Uh, I'll get it started with a winner. Derek Carr. Winner. You may say, wait a second, he just got released. Why is he a winner? Well, because everyone always needs quarterbacks. And there's a whole bunch of teams very thirsty for quarterbacks and a whole bunch of coaches very thirsty for keeping their job that understand the best veteran quarterback is probably the best way to get a win to keep their job. So... He's going to get to handpick where he goes. He'll get to interview teams rather than teams interviewing him and pick amongst the many that want to give him millions and millions of dollars which one he would like to go to. That sounds like a win to me. And he gets away from Josh McDaniels. Tim, I got a winner. How about Jalen Hurts? Winning. Now, I know we don't like to say that losers, if no you moral lose victories. the game. No moral victories. But he's about to get paid. Financial victories, we do Financially, believe. he is about to, to be very highly paid this offseason. Again, they don't, since he's a second-round pick, they don't have the extra option for that extra year. He's going to get paid this offseason, and I think he's going to make a lot of money, which, in my book, makes him a winner. Financially a winner. We don't believe in moral victories. We believe in financial victories. Uh, let's go to the text line here. Text line, loser. Oh, this is appropriate. Donovan in the 757, who we know is a, a big Raiders fan. Loser, Josh McDaniels. La loser. Turned a 10-7 and playoff team into a 6-10 and team that set records for losing after upgrading the roster. And now we have zero quarterbacks. When you, when you spell it out like that, Donovan, it doesn't sound good. I'm not laughing at you. I'm I'm laughing at the situation. Uh, get your text in now. Winners and losers. Who's winning? Who's losing in the sports world? Uh, 757-687-9494. You can also call in. Same number. 757-687-9494. How about this? For a winner. Winner? Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster left the Steelers, and all he did was become the number one wide receiver on a Super Bowl champion. That's pretty good. And then on top of that, today, he's talking trash on Twitter. He's posting memes, making fun of the guy that held him, that gave the Chiefs the sealed victory. Juju Smith-Schuster walking away as a winner is unexpected on a few different fronts. Uh, So there's a winner for you. Again, get yours in now, 757-687-9494. I don't believe I've given a loser yet, so I'll give a, a loser real quick. The Super Bowl commercials, loser. And I actually, I saw this question on Twitter. I wish I could I could tell you who it was. I'd give them credit, but I don't remember. Were, were Super Bowl commercials ever good, or was I just young and, like, easily amused? Because it's been a while since I've seen one that, like, a, a year where there's, like, more than a good commercial. 
And you'd think if you're spending $7 million for 30 seconds, you'd, you'd draw up a masterpiece. But I was underwhelmed for like the ninth straight year. Starting to wonder if they were ever good. Let's go to the uh, call-in line with a loser. It is Aaron in the 757. He's not a loser. He has a loser for us. We're playing winners and losers. You can get your winners and losers in 757-687-9494. Aaron, what do you have for us? So the Philadelphia sports fan base has been losing pretty pretty constantly uh, over the last few months. We had the Phillies that lost the World Series. Mm-hmm. We just lost the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Before that, the soccer team lost. Um, Jalen Hurts specifically mentioned having some continuity with his offensive coordinators that he hadn't had from Alabama to Alabama to Oklahoma. And now Steichen is losing, you know, going off to be the head coach somewhere. Um, so it's just been a rough time as a Philadelphia sports fan and not a lot to look forward to uh, with this next season coming up and the changes that we're going to face um, on a, the coordinator side of the, the equation. It's a, great, it's a great call, Aaron. Appreciate it. Um, I'm, I'm going to, you know what? I, I didn't think I was going to do this. I'm going to give a little pep talk to a Philly fan real quick. Um, you're losing your coordinator, but your head coach is an offensive mind, so you would think the system will remain in place, which could still give Jalen Hurts that stability. And also, what would you rather your teams not make the, the championship? Would you rather the Phillies don't make the playoffs, the Eagles get knocked out in the first round? Like, it is the, the price of being in the arena is that you might be a little heartbroken, but you still want to be in the arena, right? You still want to be in the arena. But again, thank you for the call. That number is 757-687-9494. That's the Dream Lawns text line as well, 757-687-9494. Ooh, hot. I, this one I, I don't think I can pass on. Uh, from the 757, just hot off the press. Text just came in. I am a Cowboy fan. Dak Prescott a loser. You're a loser! You know what? There's there's a lot of talk about Philly fans being ruthless and and... The example is always they threw snowballs at Santa Claus. How about they where the announcers were talking about all of the philanthropic things he has done, all of the philanthropy he has done, right? All of the the mental health and this charity and that charity. And all you heard was Philly. Boo. I think that's that's the new cold-blooded Philly fan example. They booed the Walter Payton man of the year. I was about to say, it's kind of on brand. I know I'm saying it's just it's a more recent example. When you say they threw snowballs at, at Santa Claus, it was 50, 60 years ago. This happened Sunday. They booed the Walter Payton Man of the Year just because he plays for the wrong team. Yikes. Uh, I'll give you another one. Uh, loser, the Super Bowl refs. Not because I think they made a bad call with the hold on James Bradbury. I'm saying the Super Bowl refs are losers because – there was no way they weren't going to be public enemy number one. They were in a lose-lose situation. If they don't throw that flag, Patrick Mahomes was already running down there, ready to argue that it should have been a fumble. Or sorry, a fumble, a hold. Uh, and if Patrick Mahomes says that, all of the Chiefs fans are going to blindly follow. And if all of the Chiefs fans are blindly following, they're going to blame that ref if the Eagles are able to win. So you throw the flag... You're public enemy number one. You don't throw the flag. Mahomes goes nuts. You're public enemy number one. It was a lose-lose. There was no way the refs weren't going to end up in losers, in winners and losers here on the Tim Donnelly Show. Uh, I believe we have one coming in on the call-in line. 
just waiting on the note here so I know what name to say. Uh, it is Charlie in Williamsburg on the call-in line, 757-687-9494. Charlie, what do you have for us? Yes, yes, sir. I got a loser, a winner for you. A while ago, you called the Philadelphia fans uh, losers for booing uh, the guys. I'm saying they're winners for recognizing and booing LeBron James when he put that pathetic crown on his head during the Super Bowl. Thank you. Appreciate the call. I actually saw the the your timeline a little differently. I saw them put LeBron on the Jumbotron. They all started booing, and then he put the crown on as like a a stick it to them for booing him. I don't think they were booing the crown. I think the crown was, well, if you're going to boo me, I might as well put on the crown. That's that's the way I saw it. That's the, the timeline of events that I recall. Uh, but, but I could easily be wrong. Um, one more here, just because it has to be said. Winner, the Chiefs. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. They won the Super Bowl, but more importantly, Pat Mahomes was the fifth highest paid quarterback this year. Fifth. Quarterbacks that made more money than Pat Mahomes this year, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, come, I mean, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers. By this point next year, I almost guarantee he's eighth or lower. Patrick Mahomes is going to be the eighth highest paid quarterback or or ninth, tenth, depending on what happens this, this, this offseason. That is how you become a winner and stay a winner. Tim Donnelly Show, winners and losers. We do it every Tuesday. You can keep them coming, 757-687-9494. If they're good enough, we'll still reference them. Uh, but we have to do this as well. When we come back, it's been the off season for the NFL for, what, two days? No, it hasn't been the off season. It's been draft season. What are the Bears going to do with the number one pick? What should they do with the number one pick? Stick around. Sports talk for the 757 from the 757. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Let's go ahead and talk about what the Bears should do with the number one pick. They're on the clock. They're on the clock. Once the Super Bowl is over, it's all about the draft, right? Free agency, okay. It's all about the draft, the combine, it's coming up. We'll get to to free agency in due time. But the thing is, the Bears kind of impact everything right now. They impact free agency. They impact the Super Bowl teams, right? I mean, it is it is a chain reaction, right? All of these teams really are connected. When there's only 32 teams, anything that any one team does affects all the others. Maybe not directly, but, you know, hip bones connected to the thigh bones connected to the knee bone. It eventually comes around. What the Bears do with the number one pick impacts everyone in their division, obviously impacts the Colts because or the Houston Texans because they're the teams waiting for a quarterback at number two and number four pick you just signed yourself up for a lot of work you just signed yourself up for an absurd amount of work you've just okay now I mean Somebody's texted in that did, did Fields get traded to Carolina? That I mean, if I haven't seen it, I don't believe that's happened. Um, <laughs> that would be an all-time. I'm sitting here talking about, like, if you decide to stay with Fields, he was traded to Carolina like six minutes ago. Um, that did not happen, by the way, at least not to my knowledge. Um, it is a lot of work you're signing yourself up for. That's what I'm getting at. If you say, we're good with Justin Fields, you are signing yourself up like, like <laughs> you know, like a volunteer or something. They have sign-up sheets. When you're there in the morning, you're like, "Yeah, I want to be on the, 
I want to be on the the demo squad. I want to be on the 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 delivery team. I want to be on all these. I'm gonna sign myself up, and then like four o'clock in the afternoon, you're like, why did I sign up for every committee? That's what the Bears are doing. But first, Mel Kiper on get up about there's no need to draft a QB. The quarterbacks are all mysteries. We don't know. I think Will Levis is QB1. That's me. Others disagree. But I think at the end of the day, you take the quarterback you know, you've seen at the pro level develop. Why would you go away from Justin Fields to take quarterbacks who are all coming into the NFL without a consensus as to who the number one quarterback really is? Okay, so I think we're all in agreement they're going to stick with Justin Fields. Do you know what that means? You have to trade. You have to. Because the number one pick, you only get the value out of it if you draft a quarterback or you trade it to someone that needs a quarterback. So now you have to call up Houston. You have to call up Indy. You have to call up every team that needs a quarterback and say, let the bidding begin. And then you have to play coy and you have to do all your little negotiation. I'm an agent. I'm a negotiator, power suit, power tie. I make power deals in a power broker situation. Like you have to do all of that. Right. If you, if you are in the the number one overall pick and you need a quarterback, guess what? Your job is easy. You pick like eight guys, you go to their pro day, you study all their film job done right? Pick your quarterback that you like the best. If, if let's say Houston didn't spoil their number one overall pick by winning on the final day of the season, and they had the number one overall pick, guess what? Their coaches, D'Amico Ryans would get all their coaches together. They get all their front office together. They would say, uh, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, uh, McKee from, from Stanford. Anybody else? Anybody else? Someone would go like, that kid from Shepard, I heard some good things. All right, why not? We have the time. Look at the kid from Shepard. And all right, cool. We look at those eight guys every which way, and uh, then we go on vacation. But the Bears, meanwhile, well, you have to look at every single player in the draft. Think about it like this. What if they decide we're not drafting a quarterback, but there are three players at other positions that we love? You can't go further back than four. You can't trade with anyone other. You can't trade with anyone other than Indian Houston, because you want to get one of those three players that you love. So you trade with Houston. They take a quarterback. Boom! You get the next best. Cool. You trade with Indy. They take a quarterback. There's three picks there because they're picking fourth. You'll still get one of those three players that you love. But you need to use whoever's picking seventh and fourteenth to make sure you get the most out of whoever's picking fourth. It becomes chaos. And it's why Ryan Poles, their their GM, even though at this point in time he should have recognized that the season was terrible and he should be excited for the number one overall pick, is still kind of downtrodden about it. You always expect to win more than three games. That's why, like everyone, I, I was a, uh, I got home and one of my buddies from the neighborhood drove by. I was like, "Hey, congratulations for the first overall pick." I, I'm not, I'm still not in that mindset right now. It it hurts, you know. It hurts to be in that position. Obviously, the opportunities and things that will come from that, I hope that's, that helps us. But, yeah, we're, you're always expecting to win. You don't want to be in this position. Well, you don't want to be in this position, but once you're there, enjoy it. You don't want to be in that position. It's like, uh, like uh, I don't know, getting a severance package or something. right? Yeah, you didn't want to get fired, but if they're going to pay you for a year after you leave, hey, you might as well enjoy it, right? Write that novel you've been trying to work on. 
Now, the actual deal is it's going to be a ton of work. That's what I'm that's what I'm settling on. Perfect example from the text line in the 757. The Bears will trade Justin Fields to the Panthers and with the ninth pick take Bryce Young. I don't think Bryce Young's going to be there at the ninth pick. But the work that needs to be done, wherever you trade to, you better have so much intel into what's going to be available at that pick. You have the top pick. Nothing should be a surprise to you. Nothing. If you think, we'll pick we'll pick Bryce Young at nine, you better be so otherworldly certain that Bryce Young is going to be there at nine. Better yet, you trade the number one pick back to number nine, you should have nine players you absolutely love, and then you're guaranteed to get one of them. There can be no surprises for the Bears. No sleep. You sleep after the draft if you're the Bears. Everything needs to be full speed ahead starting two weeks ago. And that's where, from the texture that said that he heard the news that Justin Fields got traded, mock drafts have been going up. The latest from just beat writers in the Chicago area have Carolina trading for Justin Fields in the draft. Mock drafts. I saw I saw uh, one mock draft was at 5.0 already. They are mock, they've changed their mock draft five times already. What are you changing it based off of? Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto, Sports Radio, 94.1. We're going to take a break when we come back. Washington's potential owners, owners that are making bids on the Washington Commanders, according to Sean Payton, reached out. What does that say about Ron Rivera? Coming up.